0: Warning: The following podcast may contain material that is inappropriate for listeners that are under the age of 18, are easily offended, or get annoyed listening to the rantings of holier-than-thou know-it-alls that are anything but.
1: Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Anime World Order. We're getting good at this. We're out one every month or so, living up to our weekly podcast thing that's on our website. We're never going to take that down. <laughs> never, never, ever, ever. So yes, this is Anime World Order. I am Gerald Rathgold.
0: And I'm Daryl Surratt.
2: And I am Clarissa.
1: And with us, we have a special guest today. Chiaki from the AAA podcast. Say hi.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm so happy. I'm special. I'm not just a guest. I am a special guest.
1: Indeed. And very special in that you run an anime podcast and are like less than a mile from all of us. Well, except Daryl.
3: I swear Orlando is like the mecca for anime podcasts. You guys, us, Gundam. We, we should do a super episode someday.
0: And yet somehow all of us like never seem to meet. Yeah, I don't
1: think I've ever met any other anime podcasters at any Florida conventions, and I'm sure we go to all of them.
3: Yeah, I didn't start meeting anyone until I started looking for people. Like, I remember I met Daryl. I ran into Daryl once at Supercon, because I saw you guys were hosting a panel, and I was like, oh, Daryl's hosting a panel. I'll go to the panel. But other than
1: that... What's crazy is that I will randomly meet anime podcasters at, like, Otacon. Or something. Some enormous convention out of state. But right. at the tiny, tiny local conventions, I won't meet them. Yeah, Weird.
0: Yeah, where is it? The local anime club I started going to, I finally met Sean Russell from Anime 3000. I also met the guys who do the uh The Ass Backwards podcast, uh Anime SSA. It's an interesting pun. But yeah, I met them. So yeah, it's one of those things. I did not go to the anime club this week, though, because... This week, Funimation was rolling out their limited engagement showings of Summer Wars. It was on the same day as Anime Club. However, the people at Anime Club opted to not go see Summer Wars in the theater and instead watch someone's Blu-ray copy of Nanoha the movie. And that's when I said, all right, I'm just not going to go
1: this week because I don't want to
0: see what the real America is as far as anime I'm not a fan of Summer
1: Wars, but that is a... Big step down from Summer Wars. I was
3: gonna say, is that even a comp? Like, is that a question? Summer Wars in the theater, Blu-ray Nanoha.
1: I don't, I don't know. Especially something that you can just watch later. When I saw the guy who
0: brought the Blu-ray Nanoha the previous meeting in his bag was just all sorts of like kind of sketchy pedo comedy stuff. Like, you know, the guy who's like. <laughs> pushing a little too hard to watch Jungle Day Co. and Pony Puny Poemi, and it's like, okay, I see your game here.
3: Did he smell faintly of con funk?
0: Not really. I mean, it's more just like, all right, it's a college anime club. I'm the old man here. I have to just sit back and be like, all right, not my show.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's just annoying, because, I mean, they could sit and they could watch that any time, but theatrical engagements are pretty limited for anime. What they've decided to rare. do
0: instead is watch the, like, once the actual Video for Summer Wars comes out on DVD or Blu-ray in a couple weeks. They're just going to watch it in the same normal venue, which is like, all right, not my deal.
2: So if they are going to watch it anyway, that seems strange that they wouldn't just go to see it in the theater.
0: Exceptionally so. But I have a question. I guess they're just cheap. I have a question for Chiaki. Since maybe people don't know who you are, now's your chance. Tell the tens of listeners of the Anime World Order podcast about uh, Anime Addicts Anonymous.
3: You guys have tens of listeners? I'm so jealous. We're at the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, or AAA AAApodcast.com. A lot of people call us the AAA. We're really punny, like that, full of marketing
0: geniuses. Um, it does me. put you first in the anime podcast phone book.
3: Oh, that is true. I didn't even think about that. Though the only people who could beat us may be Anime3000 if they became 3000Anime. Mm, But any case, Hmm. it's me and three other main hosts, two guys, two girls. So we kind of have a nice mix of people. We're approaching like two years old and have 70 and counting episodes, depending on whenever this episode's released, we might have 72, 74, whatever. Um we do a monthly, approximately monthly half uh hentai episode where normally our episodes are like PG-13 ish and our hentai episode is just no holds. We have reviews, impressions on current seasons, always some kind of discussion in the episodes. We do a live show every week on the Ustream. If you go to ustream.com and search AAA podcast, you can find us. We have forums and on Facebook and Twitter and we just like hanging out with people and talking about anime
0: so how did you find me to be on a guest i mean i know i think it was as a result of the con panel at supercon i think that's where i first met you and then he said you should be a guest on our show and i was like sure and i have in fact been on your podcast and your website is i believe com. is that right
3: yep that's it and honestly we're really into like swapping hosts is what we call it like when we go on other people's show and other people come on ours because
0: the sounds I, I vaguely like polyamorous
3: <laughs> I'm going to pretend that I'm not a blonde and that I know what that word means You don't
0: want to know. You don't want to know. know, know. Just stay away from the sci-fi cons.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. I, I will keep that in mind, but we figure our listeners probably get tired of hearing us talk. All the time. And it's always good to have a fresh perspective and someone who's seen anime we haven't seen and experienced things that we haven't experienced because new perspectives are always good and it's always fun to have. Like, for example, whenever we have Gundam on, it's a great treat because none of us are really hardcore mech people. So it's always good to have someone on the show who can tell you the difference between Gundam 00 and Gundam Not double zero.
0: So tell me, like, what kind of stuff are you traditionally into? I know you said you watch a bit of everything, but I just want to get, like, an idea. Since, I mean, I've talked to you a a while. I've seen, like, your various uh, exciting costumes and what have (laughs) you. Because you usually costume in, like, either pairs or, you know, you've got a posse.
3: Yeah, we we like to cosplay in a group. Always more fun when you have more than one person cosplaying with you. As far as anime, I'm really into uh, my favorite of all time that is near and dear and touches my heart is uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Probably also touches me in other places given the subject matter of that anime, but we will ignore that fact. <laughs> I saw it when I was 13, which is probably amazing that I didn't end up wanting my sister or ended up a lesbian, I really, after that, I have to say, I've always had a soft spot for kind of the more girly anime. I love Oron High Host Club. I will confess, I love Shugi Yugi. There's something nostalgically sweet about the good old cliche of the right guy finding the right girl in the end.
0: Or the right girl finding the right ten guys. Or the (laughs) right guy finding the right eight girls, (laughs) one of whom is a child, (laughs) one of whom has like really large breasts one of whom is going to be very upset if you look at them and then punch you. Uh, hey, th- hey,
3: Daryl, Daryl, do not question love.
0: I. What is that <laughs> which you speak?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Gerald can tell us all about living the harem lifestyle with his parade it, of female roommates who beat him up. Well, and my, sleep that sounds with exciting. exciting.
1: It, it, it's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> it, it, if you
0: ever listen to that Roxbury song... Those are the words Gerald would be saying on a regular basis. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me no more.
1: (laughs) Well, thankfully, I don't live with the roommate anymore who... Who did actually punch me on a regular basis? I don't know why. I mean, I just had made her watch Aiken and, and she just started punching me uncontrollably. It's a but mystery. Total mystery. And uh, just to get some of the basics out of the way website www.animeworldorder.com. Email animeworldorder at gmail.com. Those are the. You said it so basic fast I didn't ways. get it. Animeworldorder at gmail.com. Or catch us all on Twitter. That's where we reside the rest of the time.
0: When we ourselves aren't doing guest appearances on other podcasts, that is. By popular request, we've actually gone and added a page on the AnimeWorldOrder.com website that lists all our guest appearances on other podcasts to date. So if you just go to www.AnimeWorldOrder.com, you'll see in the tabs next to the review index, now we have one for guest spots. And I think we've done at least over... 70 or so guest appearances on other podcasts over the years, so if you don't have enough of us to listen to, there's always that.
2: We should probably let people know what we're actually going to be talking about this episode.
1: No, you should make it a mystery. No, 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 you should tell them.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we were supposed to do this review probably several months ago. I'm thinking eight um, or nine months
1: ago. <laughs> Close yes, to it, but, around uh, a little bit before Oticon last year. Yeah,
2: various things happened, including... Me being stupid enough to take two graduate classes on top of working a full-time job. That is not happening this semester, so hopefully I will actually be able to record. Starting with this episode, in which I will finally review Kingyo Used Books, which is one of the manga that Viz has been putting out under the Sigiki line.
1: Sounds good. I guess we're uh, going to try at one email here, and this is an email titled Oshi and Something in Common, and it's Written to us by Yasutada Ishimori, who, from what I can tell, does not speak English natively, so I'm going to do my very best to, um... Interpret. Is the word word obfuscate?
0: Yeah, obfuscate, I think, would be to make it more confusing.
1: Yes. Well, I'll probably end up doing that, too. Um, (laughs) Delineate. Delineate, yes. He says, Hello, Anime World Order crews. I think this is the second email that I've sent you, but I've enjoyed every episode of your show so far. Thank you for your great lurk, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. I'm a fan of Mamoru Oshii, and I prefer his not-as-commercially-acceptable works, such as Gosezon-sama and Talking Heads.
0: Right, Gosenzo-sama Bon banzai is probably what prompted him to write in, which is, uh, I reviewed that in a previous episode, which I would say not too long ago, but it's been months.
1: Yeah, it's actually. This is actually from uh, October. <laughs> this email. Oops. I prefer those shows because I find them more densely humorous and much weirder than his normal work. Maybe I'm a little a little bit masochistic. Anyway, in the last episode, the review of Gosen's and Angel's Egg review a while ago, these were particularly interesting for me for that particular reason, that they were just weirder shows of Oshis. I think Daryl reviews were very well thought out and balanced that made the shows appeal to a wider audience, certainly more so than any article I'd come across before, uh, most of which are already written by and targeting Oshi fans. So it was refreshing to hear those shows introduced to a normal and wider anime audience. Please keep up the good work, and thanks to everybody.
0: Yeah, I think it brings up a good point. I tend to, when I try and review things, and this is just me talking, everyone else has their own approach, but on some level, I'm aware that the shit that we're talking about, no one has heard of it. Or maybe they've heard of it, and it just seems like it's this brass ring in the sky that's like not very digestible to regular people. So usually... Whenever I review something that's kind of weird, I
1: try
0: kind of to relate it to something that you yourself could conceivably go watch right now, if need be. Yeah,
1: if you want an example of how not to do it, watch any wrestling documentary made in the past 10 years. Those are all made for the most hardcore wrestling fans and make no sense.
0: That is what happens when one company owns all the video footage, and if they decide that someone doesn't exist in history, then they are erased.
1: Hmm. but yes on with the rest of the email i'd like to ask you guys some questions one reason that i like some anime is that i get the feeling when watching it that the creator of the show was somebody like me do you have any favorite anime or manga which you like because you feel like it's creator and you have something in common or do you like anime mainly because it's weird and foreign and you find them interesting kind of like koike's work of course, I liked some I anime. I think I have something weird. in
0: common with Koike. How about that? Nah, I, I wish <laughs> I had something in common.
1: He's saying, he finished that question off saying, uh, I'd like some of the anime because it was weird and interesting, too. Much like Oshi's work, which was clearly some of it.
0: I think each of us can probably have our own response to this.
1: But we'll yeah. let you start since you read it. Anime or manga that I read because I think the creator has got something in common with me.
0: Ressentiment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When I was a kid, when I was really young, I did watch Evangelion because I was, you know, an annoying and depressed teenager. And I thought that Anno was kind of speaking to me and speaking from himself as well. Right. Um. I, I've since grown up. Have I, I you still really? See well, not really, but I'm not nearly as depressed as I was back then. <laughs> I think that was one that I did watch like that. There's been a couple of other works that, you know, if I'm in a certain mood, like Gantz. I remember reading Gantz, and I, the creator of that... Seems to have a very sort of nihilistic streak to him. Generally not afraid to just kind of wipe everything out at certain did times. Did you
0: see the the movie?
1: I had no desire to see the movie because I knew it was going to be terrible. And from what I've heard, it was. Or at least most of the comments that I've heard have suggested that it was pretty bad. How does it... Did you watch the anime? I did watch some of the anime. Okay, um, you didn't watch a long all of, time of it. You ago. watched some. Oh, it, it sucked. It sucked horribly. Well, I watched the TV edits of it, which were even worse. Because that show is horrendously, gruesomely violent, and the TV cuts cut all of that out. And I mean, this is the stuff that sticks with you when you're reading the manga. I don't know. After a while, it it lost its way, and I think that I wasn't nearly as much of a jerk as the as the main characters in that show were. I don't know. What about you guys?
0: I think maybe the example of manga, when I, or you know, anime. I, I'll I'll use manga as an example just because it's generally more the product of one specific, or at least we get that myth that manga is. By and large, an author's vision. You know, the reality is that there's mm-hmm. editors and such involved that can substantially guide mm-hmm. these things. But when I look at things like, I don't know, Blaster Knuckle, I, I think that yes, this is from a person who understands, you know, what true art is. And I, I, one of these days, like, <laughs> uh, the Blaster Knuckle review might have to happen. Have you read Blaster Knuckle, Chiaki? Have you, have you heard of it?
3: No, I haven't. Are, to be all right. Honest. This is
0: what Blaster Knuckle is about. Blaster Blaster Knuckle is set in the Old West where, you know, the Ku Klux Klan is terrorizing people, you know, and lynchings and that sort of thing. But it turns out that the Ku Klux Klan are actually been infiltrated by members of, you know, supernatural beasts such as, uh, you know, I believe it was werewolves or vampires or something such as that. And so the task of stopping the KKK falls to a freed slave, a former slave, who is also a champion boxer, a a black guy, and he has what is known as the blaster knuckle, which is a gauntlet that has shells, like shotgun shells built in it, so that when he punches you, uh, the shells fire and there has got silver bullets in it. And that's how he kills the monsters. random, Batman. And it is basically drawn by a guy who is good friends with uh, the guy who makes Berserk. So everything kind of looks like it's Berserk, only if Guts were black... And a cowboy.
2: And punching werewolf KKK
3: members. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So apparently it's nothing like Berserk at all. I think
0: it's what I want Berserk to be. But I think like,
3: <laughs> that's wait, you mean with a good ending?
0: With an ending, with some sort of resolvement, <laughs> with some sort of advancement. Yeah. Blast yeah. Knuckle is short though. It's only about three volumes of Memory Serves. That's the kind of manga that I like. The crazy concept. It's so like, how did you even think this up? You must be a mad-inspired genius.
1: But that's not really like you, then.
0: It is, because it's what I want to be.
1: It's, well, it's you want to be that, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, and has that changed at all? Like, is there stuff that you liked when you were, like, an early anime fan that... That I don't? That you related to more.
0: I think mostly, like, the most relatable things at first were things that were closer to our, like, American-style entertainment, only this time it was a cartoon, and I was like wow it's a cartoon only now you know it can be like a movie and mm. right. that novelty is sort of you know worn off and now we live in this era where media has sort of all converged into one a lot of people if they watch anime and it's not as good as something outside of a medium that's also a visual one they can use that as a criteria I'll be like oh it wasn't as good as this movie and in the past you'd say hey how can you compare the two but now everything like tv is roughly, you know, a lot of TV shows are roughly comparable to film in terms of quality. And so a lot of times people say, like, oh, this TV show is great. And then someone will say, oh, this movie did it better. And people are, like, everything is sort of melting together into one sort of, like, weird entertainment pot. And so, like, when I look at things to say, like, okay, the person who made this has me in mind, it's usually stuff like, you know, live-action films right now, like Neville Dean Taylor, you know, guys who make Crank. Anime-wise, it's usually, like mason kaiser skull you know that sort of thing that's like if i had the power if i had the talent to draw this is what i would make how about you guys your mileage may vary
2: i can't think of very many times that i've connected in that sense to like the author like thinking of like the person who created this must be a lot like me i mean i think there are certain characters at different times that I've like really liked to show her that I've really focused on a certain character because it was like, oh yeah, that's like how you know I feel. I remember talking to people about Big Windup and like Evangelion. You know, a lot of people have issues with Evangelion because they can't stand the character of Shinji. But you know, like you mentioned, Gerald, it's like when you are in that kind of mental state when you are depressed like that, Shinji makes sense to you you know that that makes sense and so like i know a lot of people have problems with mihashi the main character from big windup because he's i I can see how he can be kind of annoying but it's like for somebody like me that has those kind of self-esteem issues you understand that character
1: it also depends on the work as well like evangelion i think was or evangelion what the hell ever um (laughs) it's Is a weird show in that, I hate to use this word because this is such an explosive word on the internet, but it was more of an auteur work Hmm. in that Anno put a lot of himself into that work, and there are a lot of other works out there. Most anime is not really like that. Most anime is put together by a few writers on a committee. I think the greatest
0: Um, example of that recently was the fan Photoshop of the Yatsubato chapter, where it's Yatsuba and Moe, the premise is... He goes to a committee meeting to pitch an anime about a guy joins the army who's a young child soldier. And then after everyone iterates through, the punchline is they create, uh, Sora Nooto, which is, you know, the young girl joins the army and she's in a band. That's what Gerald means. It's not auteur driven. It's, you know, no, very commercial, very committee.
1: Yeah. Uh, some, some works are, I mean, uh, Makoto Shinkai's works are probably the perfect example of that because I mean, it's what a staff have like, three people or four people. Or yeah, I
2: mean, that's the exception. I know that some people can argue a lot over whether anything that isn't made by a single person ever really sticks with that auteur concept, because you always have all these other people that are involved. But uh,
1: Right, but I'm also not a film asshole, and so I can use that <laughs> word, because film assholes will say, no, thing is ever, no such thing as auteur works, when there are sometimes shows that are guided by a single person's vision. But other people do work on it, so... Sure. How about you, Chiaki?
3: I mean, obviously, as I already said, Utana touched me from a young age, pun intended. Two other anime-slash-manga that I really got into that are by the same person, so I don't know, maybe you could say I had a connection to the creator, was uh, Nana and Paradise Kiss. I think these two manga and then later on anime I connected with because I feel like Ayazawa, very in tune with what girls go through Mm -hmm. i mean obviously she was one but there's a lot of stuff in those manga and anime that i feel like of course it's it's exaggerated because it's entertainment but i mean you have that thing of premarital sex do you follow your dreams do you do what you think is sensible sure you know getting the courage to go up and leave and then what happens when it all falls apart you know how do you put it back together so Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a lot of that in there that I really, really related to and that really kind of gave me insights and things to think about when I was younger. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I think I like a lot more, less of things that maybe relate to me, but more of things that make me think. Like a recent anime, which I just adored, was Trapeze or Cuchu Baranko, depending on if you do English or Japanese title. That anime is all about psychological and it, it is like a psychological carnival of lights and happy fun time. And I just love stuff like that.
0: Trapeze is definitely a crazy show. I mean, you know, all yeah. those things like very for the Masaki Uasa crowd. Like it's that similar strangeness about yeah. it. Yeah,
3: right. It's worthwhile. I highly recommend it. Even if you just want to watch an episode for a good laugh.
1: Yasutada continues his email. It just finishes up here. Infinite Rivius, which is Goro Taniguchi's early directorial work, was one of my favorites. It has an interesting mix of boys and girls drama, which was the main selling point of the show. But what hooked me were the battle sequences in the Mars orbit in earlier episodes, because I was an old-fashioned sci-fi fan, and because it didn't look like regular battles in space that just had a black background with stars. I think most of the people didn't really care for the show too much, and it might even turn off some viewers who aren't familiar with that. But I was glad that the creators cared about the show, and that they got away with doing it. Another more recent show which appealed to my sci-fi fan side was Zegapane. It had a pretty lackluster and boring beginning, and the ending felt a little bit weak, but the middle of the series was very interesting and full of science fiction ideas which were very well integrated into each episode, although it seemed the show's appeal was somewhat limited. Clearly, the creators of the show enjoyed to put a very bold sci-fi idea in the center and chew at the idea from many different directions. I liked it a lot. It has been a while since I've stopped watching anime, and I haven't been following any anime-related news, but I still like listening to people talk about anime or manga, and I will continue to listen to your show. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Yasutada.
0: So who who else has seen either Infinite Ravius or Zagapane?
1: Well, we actually were just watching it last night. For our anime meetings, we were actually trying to integrate some sci-fi into our meetings, because I think we... Didn't have any, or we just finished a show. And uh, I just had this on the shelf. I think I got it for 10 bucks at Oticon like s- five years ago or something.
0: Yeah, Infinite Ryvius is basically easily described or easiest described as Lord of the Flies in space. Um, well, that's, that's the short, that's... like, simple concept.
2: Yeah, it wasn't yeah. really working, but I, I'm not sure if it wasn't working because maybe it's not a good show to watch in a group.
0: Or like maybe it's because more... of the Hisashi Harai, everyone has the same face character
1: designs. Maybe That doesn't that doesn't help at all.
2: Well, it it just I think my issue with it with it was that something about the way that things were put together, the way that it was scripted and directed, made it very confusing to try and figure out what was happening and why things were happening. I've seen shows with large casts. I usually don't have a problem keeping a lot of characters straight keeping track of all of that and you know i followed shows with complex plot lines and everything but there was something about it that for some reason i was i kept losing the thread of what was happening and the way they introduced the characters like i didn't really understand like who was who and how they related to one another
1: it's a really big problem when in order to figure out what's going on you have to read the back of the box
0: let me throw out a question to you guys since uh infant rivius as he mentioned, is by Goro Taniguchi, who is currently known for Code Geass. Do you feel there's any sort of, like, prototype Code Geass present within Infinite Ravius, that, like, this was sort of, you know, his mm-hmm. testing ground for what he later did?
1: I think that purely depends on if you want to look at the positives of Code Geass or the negatives of Code Geass. Elaborate. Because I, I think I can see... There are points in code geass where characters will come to conclusions or come to ideas seemingly completely out of the blue for me and that certainly felt present in Infinite Ryvius. I guess as an example in Infinite Ryvius, early on in the show there was a scene where these three characters they were stuck in this um how do I describe it in this like hold not not a holding cell but in like this hallway, your typical sci-fi metal hallway with doors on either end. I remember watching this and saying, how did they get there? And my assumption was that I just wasn't paying attention and we just missed how they got there. No one in the room could figure out how they got there and why they were stuck. This was never explained. This was never elaborated on. They were just kind of there for the purposes of the plot and for the purposes of meeting another character a few moments later. Those are the sorts of things that I remember happening in Code Geass that that annoyed me a bit. I don't know. I think some other people would see you know, more positives in it. like Yeah,
2: I don't think I agree with you on that as far as Gius goes, but I
3: see the point that you're making. I mean, the only thing I could think of maybe that is like that in Code Geass, and granted, I haven't seen Infinite Revias, but in Code Geass, the second season, that one guy in the white mech, and this shows you how long ago I watched this series, but he just keeps showing up out of nowhere and just completely thwarts solutions plans every single time and don't get me wrong i get it that once in a while it's gonna happen but every single time out of nowhere
1: infinite Rivius is it definitely feels like a show that is obsessed with its technology more than it is with its characters or its plot perhaps
0: so it's for star Um, trek people then
1: (laughs) it's got an enormous cast there's like 13 characters in it it doesn't seemingly want to focus on any one character or even any two characters or even three characters it seems like there's a character that's the main character but you're not given any motivation to like this character or to care about this character or even want to know what this character is going to do next
2: oh that's Um, unfortunate
1: and i really wanted to like it The thing is, is that hard sci-fi... Yeah, I'd
2: always heard really good things about the show, so...
1: Yeah, and I I might continue watching it on my own. We definitely can't watch it at our meetings. People just, their eyes get glazed over, and I can see that. I might continue on with it a bit to see if it goes anywhere, but... I've read other hard sci-fi like that, that is totally obsessed with its technology and will have paragraphs and paragraphs in the books about describing the most intimate details about some technology or some work or something. And then they'll just say, you know, and then the character did this and that, and the character is, like, unimportant to the technology.
0: Now, I want to take that and kind of apply it to the second thing that he asked about, which was Zagapain. And he made an interesting observation that he said, it wasn't that good in the beginning... And the ending wasn't that good, but he liked the middle. And that, to me, is kind of not typical for anime. Usually, anime either starts off at a high point and then has like a precipitous drop, or it starts off bad and then it gets better, and then it ends well.
2: I think I remember hearing a similar thing about Gungrave, that it wasn't good at the beginning and then...
0: And that's the true. The ending
2: was eh, but the middle was... The
1: middle is fantastic. That's right. And actually, the, yeah. the beginning is not... It's not that it's not good. It's, it's just that very It's average. absolutely fucking awful. I thought it was awful.
0: Whenever I reviewed Gungrave, I said the first episode is... It isn't good, and doesn't really make you want to watch more. But if you keep watching and you watch the flashback, it's like, oh, wow, it's actually a pretty damn good show. And then the mm. flashback ends, and then it's no longer as awful, but it's still not as interesting as the flashback. And so that's another example how I like Zagapane, where it's like, the middle part is the best part. And those might be the hardest anime to find out about. Right.
1: But I think for me it depends on how much of the beginning and how much of the end. In Gungrave it's
0: one episode at the beginning. I don't know how...
1: Like, is the ending to Zegapane so bad that it lets you down? Lets, like. Or that it invalidates entire your
0: entire prior viewing experience? I don't think so. The only person I know who really likes Zagapane is Neil Nadelman. And everyone else I talk to has never seen the show. Or maybe they just know about it.
1: Well, Pain, yeah, I, I, I believe he translated it, it.
2: But I never got around to watching it.
1: I know that that was a show that was so unpopular that they were going to release, like, one of those cheap Bandai Legends box set of it, Mm. and that was canceled. That was how badly the show did, that they couldn't even, like, bother to sell it in, like, a $20 box set.
0: And that was interesting, because Microsoft kind of, I think, well, I I always say that, but it's not true. I mean, I always am, like, in my mind thinking Zegapane was sponsored by Microsoft to sell the Xbox 360. I don't think that's actually correct. I think I just think that because the color scheme of it is so goddamn green, <laughs> I think of the Xbox 360. Or I think of the Matrix, which is, you know, basically the story of Zegapane, very similar. You know, the world isn't real or whatever, but.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I, th- I think clearly Yasutada, he seems very much like an older school anime fan, which the old school anime fans you can kind of categorize as sci fi fans.
0: Well, yeah, and that's because that's, of, that's where know. the anime fandom grew out of, so I understand. Yeah,
1: was definitely sci fi. And uh, sci fi fans need to have a tolerance for crap. Because there is a lot of crap out there.
0: Like Doctor Who? And so- hey! Bam! <laughs> oh. That's not a roll. I got Star Trek. I got Doctor Who. Everyone's gunning <laughs> for it now.
1: Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's a hard sell on Zegapain when you say, opening is bad, ending is bad, middle is good.
0: Yeah, that's why I think you, you hear so little about it. Let me know if Infinite Ravius actually turns out to be okay, because I remember that being sort of a... A sleeper underrated thing. Like, I, I've never seen a single episode.
1: I'll give it a few more episodes, but I do not have a big tolerance for shows that take a long time to get going. I, I believe a show needs a few episodes to get going, but don't tell me it needs 13 episodes to get going.
3: Well, I mean, it's only 26 le- episodes long, Infinite yeah. Revival. So, I mean, if it takes more than, in my mind, if it takes more than five episodes to get going, it's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, my my rule of thumb is about a disc worth. If I cannot be motivated to put in another disc, then the show hasn't done its job.
0: Yeah. I'm a little more so, lenient. You know, I go by percentage. I'd say like what's the total running length of the show? And if the total so
1: 50 runi- episodes for for Dragon Ball Z to get Well, good. I was going I, I was going to
0: complete that <laughs> sentence before you cut me off, but I was going to say for shonen Fighting shows, which are designed to run indefinitely, because the final episode count isn't going to be known, it's just meant to run forever. Basically, you get your first arc to establish everyone, and if I don't care about everyone by the end of that, then your show has failed. Because at the end of the day, any of those shounen fighting shows... The first arc is always just to introduce the main characters. It never really starts until the actual villain shows up, which is always at least the second or third arc, because they have to think of that guy.
2: Because I was going to say, like, with Naruto, like, it doesn't get really good until they start introducing more of the side characters. That's right, which is the the second arc
1: afterwards. But I still think that you can do that introducing in a good way.
2: Oh, Um, sure, sure.
1: So... That can be done badly as well. It depends well, what on what I'm work. saying is that what I'm saying that even that arc shouldn't be outright bad. Right.
0: That's why I said you get an arc. If that arc is bad, I stop watching that show.
1: Well, I would have stopped before that arc Th- finished. I know. That's
0: why I'm elaborating because it's a different point of view from what you said. So, yeah, is that the end of his email?
1: That is the end. All right. Thank you for writing in, Yasutada. Does anybody else have anything they want to add or bring up? Probably
0: not. I mean, we've already been recording for a while. We still haven't gotten to the review
1: part. Yeah, I guess we should uh, get on with this review. And if I'm feeling down or blue Or troubled by some foolish
2: game He always seems to make me change my mind And I feel fine anytime, he's around me now, and he's around me now, almost all the time. And if I'm well, you can tell that he's been with me now, and he's been with me now, quite a long, long time. So that brings us finally to a review of Kingyo Used Books, which, as I mentioned in the intro, is one of the series that Viz is publishing under their Sig Icky label. Like all of those, uh, it originally went up online, but they're also releasing print volumes. Kingyo Used Books is somewhat interesting in that it's a manga about manga, but it's different from the other series that you can think of that would fall into that category. Most of the time when you have a manga about manga, it tends to be something like Even a Monkey Can Draw Manga or Bakuman, where it's about people who are making manga or it's about you know how manga gets made it's usually sort of behind the scenes in the industry or about a manga artist things like that the
1: very lazy sort of manga author has to come up with an idea yeah (laughs) (laughs) right so so many of them use the struggling manga artist needing to come up with an idea charlie
0: kaufman sits at typewriter is unable to come up with script
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly but Yu's books is different in that it's about manga sort of from the other side of the equation, which is, it's about manga from the perspective of people who are reading manga. Not how manga are made, or the history of manga, or what they are. It's about how manga affect people. What does manga mean to people that makes it special? So the basic plotline revolves around, of course, a used bookstore called Kingyo or Goldfish and the people who work at the bookstore. So you have Natsuki, who is the cute girl who is the interim manager for her grandfather who owns the store. She works with uh, Shiba-san, who is... A kind of cute manga fanatic. He's kind of weird. He has like this vast encyclopedic knowledge about manga.
1: So he's basically Ed Chavez. Is
2: Ed Chavez kind of cute? <laughs> Maybe Ed's, like, the grandfather who owns the place. You know, he also is, like, a super expert on manga. Like, at at one point in the series, like he decides he's going to go on, like, a journey around Japan to, like, find the hidden treasures of manga from around the country and bring them back to the store. But these characters are sort of the glue that holds everything together. Each chapter is actually a story usually about some other person who has a problem in their life or they have um, some kind of memories from their past that are coming up. They end up going to the bookstore or running into the people who run the bookstore. And the idea is that they find the perfect manga that sort of enc- encapsulates their situation. So and this sometimes- is like
0: Bartender, only with manga. Hmm. Yeah,
2: it kind of is. So sometimes it's a manga from their childhood that they really loved, and by reading it again, they're able to reconnect with their childhood. Sometimes it may be something that they haven't read before, but that they're newly discovering that is relevant to their situation. And yeah, it kind of is like Bartender in that sense that that manga helps them clarify their situation. It helps them deal with problems that they're having. And so it's about about like the power of manga or really any art to have this emotional impact on people.
1: Do you know if the manga they talk about are real manga or if they... Yeah, they're all real manga. No, they're all real manga.
2: Okay. Most of them are older titles because a lot of it is very based on nostalgia, but it's all real manga. And I think it's a good mix for people here between series that we'd likely recognize and stuff that you've probably never heard of before. So they'll talk about things like Dr. Slump, Doraemon, or various Tezuka works, things that have been released here, or at least that are big enough that people know about them. But they'll also talk about a lot of series that you wouldn't necessarily know about. So there's a chapter focusing on a girl who goes to art school, and it's all about this manga... Sadusuberi, which is about Hokusai. There's another chapter where this, uh, pen pal of Shiva-san's comes in, and he's obsessed with this manga from the 50s called Billy Puck. And Billy Puck is like a boy detective adventure story. In each storyline, they'll have different manga that they talk about within the dialogue, and then of course there's usually one central manga that the story circles around. But they'll have footnotes that talk about different titles briefly, but then at the end, they'll usually have sort of a longer one page thing that talks about the manga in question. Usually that one central one. There'll be others that they mention offhand, but they'll talk for like a page about that central manga title they'll give like a description of what it's about, why it's important, and why it's good. So, I think it's kind of interesting. Maybe the series I think is a little more interesting in terms of somebody who's maybe interested in learning about manga, especially those ones that we might never hear about, than it is like just as a series, but that's not to say that it's bad.
0: Is it kind of like how Oishinbo is for people who are really interested in food itself, but like story. Story-wise, There's not a huge deal of story for Oishinbo.
2: I think that's probably a pretty decent comparison. I would say there's a more characterization just because with Oishinbo, it's always like that one guy and his co-workers and his asshole father. Whereas with this, you have those new people that come in every chapter. So like with Bartender, you have the people that come into the bar. So at Kingyo, you have like the people that come into the bookstore. So you have more variety and I think there's a little more character development that goes on there. Within the central cast of people who work at the bookstore, like, there's some romantic tension between Natsuki and Shiba-san. And then there's also some just weird, interesting things. Like, I don't know if they're ever going to talk more about the grandfather. Kengo used books as this normal, kind of old-looking store. But underneath it, there is this basement manga library. That is so big that it just goes into darkness. I thought you
0: were going to say there was an Indian burial ground underneath it where (laughs) the dead manga come back to life.
2: well maybe we haven't seen that happen yet but we do know that it's so large that you just can't even see the end of it when you're standing at the entrance like it just goes apparently forever and so there's probably just about every single manga ever published in this library at least it seems like it so I think there's probably some interesting stuff waiting to be revealed about the grandfather so I think maybe that's Ed Chavez <laughs> like how Pipo is the life story of Felipe Smith I think hmm. Kingyo used books as the secret life story of like ed chavez and his infinite manga collection
0: or the future (laughs) tale
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: He'll retire to Japan and found a little bookstore. I think
1: what's interesting is also that with this book, unlike uh, Oishinbo or Bartender, you're more likely to be a manga fan reading this manga about people who enjoy other manga. Right, Um, whereas the people
0: who are heavy duty into liquor may not necessarily be picking up manga to read. Or the people who are like very invested in the culinary arts uh, may not necessarily be reading a comic book.
2: Well, definitely here. In Japan, maybe.
1: Yeah, but it seems like it's, it's a good, Interesting way of getting kind of a built-in fan base for it, who would already be like, to th- do I think it? so.
2: I think what's also interesting about it is that I was thinking about this because, speaking of Ed Chavez, like they've just had their next round of requests from people to say like what series they're interested in having be licensed, and those are always kind of tough for me because I have to admit that it's very difficult for me to keep track of what's coming out. We don't really have Japanese bookstores here in Orlando, so there's not not any place that you can go and browse manga that you're unfamiliar with that isn't licensed.
1: Even then, for me, it would be just looking at a bunch of books. You take one off the title. And And you have no idea what it is. Yeah, the best I could do is page through it and see if the art is nice. That's basically... Well, sure, but
2: I mean, at least you can look through it and you can kind of see what's happening. And so you can kind of get a sense of, oh, this looks interesting.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I've got no clue if it's good or not.
0: In
2: that sense, I think manga,
0: even today, is like how anime used to be in the 80s. The biggest question is, we don't even know what exists to be able to ask you what to bring out, Ed Chavez. Especially because one of his criteria is like, well, if it's scanlated, then it's a worthless license because people can already read it. So
1: (laughs) it has to be something that no one has ever read, that most people here can't read. It has to be recent, so it's very 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 Shueisha. yeah so it's like this tiny tiny chunk of things that your average anime fan just wouldn't know or manga or manga well yeah
2: my point is it doesn't matter if you understand Japanese if you can look at the book you can see a general idea of what it's about and if things are happening in it that seem interesting yes here we have to import everything from online and if you're just looking at random titles like on Amazon JP or BK1 you really have very little way i'm still waiting for manga on the kindle i don't know if the kindle can
0: do color or i'm not color but i mean you know if it can do that kind of art
2: it can do images i have Um, manga on my nook yeah i mean it can do images vaguely
0: obscene (laughs)
2: Um, but I know that just the way that the file formats for ebooks are structured people are not too happy about it for manga but it'll do images and they look pretty good and since manga is black and white already but anyway the nice thing about Kingyo is that when they talk about the series that you haven't read before you know you'll get kind of an idea of the plot but I think that you also see how people relate to it and I think there's a weird way in that seeing how people relate to it like gives you this sense of what it's about or what it's like which is kind of interesting
1: well it's very apt considering the email that we just read as well can you give any examples like that's kind of a really interesting way to like approach the manga
0: like a storyline where someone like a specific manga like a chapter in which someone like did exactly what you described I think is what
1: he's asking I think it sounds really interesting like the idea
0: I want to know who's the publisher of this because if it's all real manga you know it would be a legal nightmare to clear the usage of, like, these specific titles, and I'm presumably, if there's like a page where they're reading it, they have to reproduce it. So, is it like Shueisha or who- who's responsible.
2: I thought that all of the Sigiki stuff was stuff that was published by the same...
0: You might be right. Maybe I not. think it might all be shogaku Khan. Mm. Just because...
2: Yeah, it's shogaku Shogakukan.
0: Okay, so that means they have basically the amount of titles available to them is roughly equivalent to the secret underground manga vault that is depicted. In fact, they yeah. probably just took a picture <laughs> of the shogaku <laughs> archive.
2: Well, I would imagine that just to, like, reference the title or just to talk about it, you should be able to do that. They're not really reproducing pieces of the manga
1: okay so they don't like take a page out of it they just talk about it they might
2: show like covers Mm -hmm. or you might see some of the interior art
1: okay and that's probably
2: cases where it's a shogakukan title
1: okay and considering japanese copyright laws that probably would fly anyway so. Yeah,
0: I remember the biggest one I can think of, of a recent title where they referenced existing stuff, would be something like, say, Genshiken, and I know... Mm-hmm that in some cases they like had to change it just a little bit. Oh,
2: right, right.
0: And so I guess that was because
1: that was...
2: Yeah, I'm not sure of the actual legalities going on with that.
1: Well, that was a weird case because in the anime they didn't change anything but in the manga release they did change things. So I don't know if there was... Yes, it's it's like they couldn't
0: play Guilty Gear and King of Fighters. It was like something vaguely similar.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't really know the legal mechanics of how that works. Like It seems like you should just be able to mention it if you're not actually reproducing anything from it it's basically free advertising for whatever it is that you're talking about unless you're like insulting it
1: yeah you would think so yeah
2: Plus, a lot
3: of, even if it is against some kind of legality or whatnot, I've generally found that a lot of Japanese creators, maybe not the companies, but the creators often aren't very interested in pushing things that have copyright infringement. Like that one Bleach reproduction by, oh my God, what's his face? The Nick Simmons. Oh, this- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the, uh, the author of Bleach, like his main comment was, wow, I didn't know the son of a rock star drew. Like that was, that was his big, <laughs> like, comment on the thing it wasn't oh I'm so upset that he took my stuff
0: (laughs) so right now has this ever been actually like printed because most of the Sigiki stuff is like online only
2: yeah there should be two volumes out I have the first one right here but I believe the second volume is out also because they've pulled it from the online so when they do physical printings of the Sigiki books what they do is they leave up the first chapter of that volume online and then they pull the rest of them down I'm
0: cool with that but only Only if you can actually buy the book. Like, I know a lot of that Viz Signature stuff goes out of print.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, this is pretty recent, so you should still be able to get the volumes. And then right now, there are like four chapters into volume three, which are up online.
1: Do you know how many volumes it is in total, or is it still ongoing?
2: I'm actually not entirely sure.
1: Oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I was just curious. If I mean, s-
2: Wikipedia says that there are ten volumes, and that uh, it's ongoing, okay. but it's Wikipedia, so who knows if that's actually correct.
1: Right, right. Let's go <laughs> um, with
2: it let's trust
3: Wikipedia for once. No, I think we always
0: do.
2: The internet would never lie to us. Of course not, and everyone's Um, a girl. (laughs) Exactly. So you can still, like I said, get to the first chapters of each of those first two volumes and then read volume three, the four chapters of that online. The nice thing is since it's a fairly episodic title, if you want to like read those chapters to get a feel for the series before buying the books, you shouldn't have much trouble following it. I recommend people check it out. I mean, the Art is not anything super special, but it's attractive. The paneling is pretty straightforward.
1: I like the idea of this. Like, I'd like to check it out, because... Yeah, like, bartender, like I can't relate to, you know, a particular drink or whatever. I have no right interest in that. But I do like manga. And so this seems like something that would be very interesting. And I'm I'm especially interested in like Daryl was saying, like the manga that I've never heard of, like the obscure stuff that you know we just would never read about or hear about or even see talked about.
2: Some of it is titles that were popular, mm-hmm. but they've just never made it over here. Because there's all kinds of things that are really big in Japan right. and never come out here in the US. Or it's just old enough that people have kind of forgotten. About it.
0: People have a nostalgic fond memory of it, but they maybe they don't remember it. Like, is there any story? There should be one where it's like someone has like a fond recollection of something in their childhood and then they read it, and it's like, this is terrible. What <laughs> was I thinking of when I was a kid? It'd be like the equivalent of like going to the Best Buy and being like, Wow, where's Thundercats season one? You watch, like, What's wrong with me as a kid? I watched this yeah, crap?
2: They don't really do that because it's like bartender, it's it's sort of like some people call it like a healing manga. Like the idea is like to make you feel good good to have that positive warm nostalgia feeling so yeah they don't really do that
0: they should make one where it just is that not this series but they should make a series where it's just all about like shattering people's nostalgia
1: Some some guy comes in it's like really
0: wistful for Love Hina and you know he comes in he's like what was wrong with me? Naru's a bitch.
1: I think that is Japan's daily life shattering their their beliefs and all that but can you name any just off the top of your head some of the manga that this manga talk about that we might be familiar with? Sure.
2: So they talk about uh, Doraemon and Dr. Slump and Uh. like some Tezuka works like Adolf and things like that.
1: Yeah Adolf will make you feel good.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: This reminds me of the time time
0: <laughs> i had to kill my best friend in jordan <laughs> or that time i lined up those jews and one of them said freedom and then i shot her in the head cuz she was a jew
2: man talk about a manga and anime you can relate to that's like my day to day life <laughs> 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 there's some of those And then like Some of them There's ones that they just Like mention offhand Because since the people Who own the shop Like especially like Shiba-san Are like so into manga A lot of times They'll just have conversations Where he'll like Reference things Or mention A lot of titles That they don't even Really go into A lot of detail about There'll be mentions Of things like Lupin the Third Okay And mentions of or Things like that There's also like Just interesting things That you learn about I really like These two side characters That are Sedori, which is basically they're people who make money by go to places and pick out books that are valuable but that are offered for cheap, and then go and resell them.
0: Like sp- so, like the antiques show, but- yeah.
2: <laughs> kind of, yeah. Which is not a thing that I had ever heard about before reading this uh, manga.
0: Buying Yu-Gi-Oh cards in the pack and finding like <laughs> the one that's worth ten dollars.
2: Right, and so I'm like, man, how do I get this job? Although I'm sure it is much less interesting in real life. But of course, you know, since it's a a warm-hearted, we-love-manga series, it's all about how in order to be like a really good Sedori, you can't be too mercenary about it. You have to like really love manga. Really understand the value. The
0: heart of the comics.
2: Exactly. You have to understand the heart of the comics to be able to take them from the place they are now and like find the place that they're really supposed to go.
1: So this is actually sounds like some of the best manga advertisements that you could do. Oh, yeah. Put them in a manga. And then talk
0: about how good it makes you feel to read yeah. that
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly exactly it's like oh man i want to read billy puck now <laughs> l- l-
1: yeah like if they did like a television series here about some mystical um
2: called
0: madman gerald
1: no 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 i'm, I'm thinking like so, <laughs> like some crazy movie critic who people come up to him and say you know oh my, my wife just left me and then he's like what you need to watch is season of the witch it will make and you feel like, good.
0: Yes, it reminds me of that time my wife acted crazy and summoned a horde of Dem- demons to assault me while I had her locked in a cage and was taking her to Jerusalem.
2: Good times, good times. <laughs> See, I was just gonna go with Glee,
3: how that makes you sing old songs, but I really like the oh, whole yeah. demon track we went on.
0: <laughs> Glee demons. <laughs> kind of all
1: blends together, Nicholas Cage
0: Nicholas Cage and demons, you know this month.
1: I need to pitch this show. This show would do really well here.
0: Nicholas just- Cage would probably do it. he's just that desperate. no he's not desperate. He knows what he's doing at all times
2: <laughs> I don't know. it seems like he'll make anything.
0: He, no no you know he knows what he's doing <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right <laughs> I'm about to do a podcast
0: about knowing, so I mean i'll we'll talk oh, about God. that. Nicholas Cage That's, versus math
2: sounds rough. Has an
0: unconventional <laughs> ending. It certainly does.
2: <laughs> All right. So Kingo
0: used books. Uh, has nothing to do with decoding um, secret <laughs> messages that forestall horrible tragedies throughout history. But no. I think uh, if you are already a hardcore manga fan, this is like a manga that is by manga fans and only for manga fans. You couldn't take this and give it to like the person who reads U.S. comics and say, Yeah, sure, Kingo used books. This is right up your alley. And be like, what the fuck is this?
2: Yeah, because it's really all manga, except for that one chapter that was all about French comics, and they talked about Blueberry.
1: That sounds interesting, too.
2: A western, but hmm. yeah, it was kind of funny because it was about the father of the girl who works at the shop, and so it was all about the backstory of how he left Japan to like get away from manga, and then he ended up in France, and then he wanders into a store and looks at this comic, and he's like, Oh my god, it's just like manga.
1: Oh man.
2: He's like, I can't escape it no matter where I go. Oh, I
1: wonder if that'll do make a spin off series then where they just recommend like foreign comics.
2: That would be awesome.
1: Like I, I really
2: <laughs> wish that there was more. Of this, that would talk about European comics because I know like nothing about European comics. I mean, I know like Tintin and European you know, comics Asterix. are
1: awesome, and all you need to know, know is to read heavy metal. So, um, <laughs>
0: those are
2: contradictory
0: <laughs> <like>
1: statements.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's why I said it. <laughs> Tintin, but yeah. yes,
2: so. Sigiki.com if you'd like to check out the chapters that are up, and then if you like that, go pick up the two volumes and pick up some of the other Sigiki stuff, because unfortunately I hear that Line as a whole is doing really terribly.
0: Yeah, it's I can understand why, I mean, uh, just in case anyone doesn't know how to spell the site, it's S-I-G-I-K-K-I, not uh, uh, I-C-K-Y, I-K-K-I, Sigiki.com, and the titles that they pick are all kind of unconventional Mm. works as far as... as not just like format but also like who is it for like the target audience for manga in this country is mostly kids and teenagers and most everything in the sigiki line is pretty like hard line seinen kind of stuff and i don't mean it's like salaryman manga necessarily but it's like you know you can't really appreciate it unless you know you're willing to deal with things that aren't necessarily the most action-packed things in the world I'll be surprised
1: right. if Sigiki sticks around, because even in Japan, like, I saw the sales figures for...
2: For Iki Magazine. For Iki
1: Magazine. It was the yeah. worst on the list. It was, like, 10,000 a month or something, which is nothing.
2: It's, I guess, similar to indie comics here. Mm. You know, it's sort of unorthodox, Not experimental necessarily experimental type of stuff.
1: Not necessarily as much as Garo, perhaps, but close. More accessible, Garo?
2: You know, that and, like, F-erotics and, Mm -hmm. um... Calm. Yeah, there's another one that's, like, a current one that I'm thinking of, but it's escaping me at the moment. So, I hope, you know, people like this, and if you do, please support it and check out the other titles that Icky is putting out. We might do some reviews of some of those at some point, Mm -hmm. because they could definitely use the support right now.